What is going on, crafters? Welcome back to another episode of Dig Straight Down with me, your host, Rebel JC. If this is your first time tuning into the podcast, I want to welcome you here to the show. This is a podcast that is all about Minecraft updates, whether those are updates that are actually coming to the game or they're updates that we're making up on our own just for fun. Either way, if either of those things are interesting to you at all, you are in the right place. And I like to always start off every episode by shining the spotlight on you guys, the audience. So I do this in the form of a cue and a segment, which is where I ask you a question and then I react to your answers. And a few episodes ago, I asked you guys, what is your favorite rideable mob and why? Dragonfish says it's the camel. The camel is a boat for land, and that is certainly one way of looking at it. Rin says the dinner bone horse, of course, referring to your ability to uh, name a horse dinner bone with a name tag. It flips the model upside down so that the feet are pointing straight upwards. You can still ride it in this state, which is pretty hilarious and it looks really, really funny. So the thank you for reminding me of that feature. Void Strider says the camel because two block tall mobs can't hit you and it has the dash ability. It's good for combat and can hold two players. I also like how it's only in desert villages. Yeah, the camel is one of the most recent, if not the most recently added, rideable mob in Minecraft, and I gotta agree, it's a pretty good one. Um, Now, I haven't really used it myself, but just knowing about the features that it brings to the game and having seen other people use them and, and play around with them, I am a huge fan of the camel. But speaking of a rideable mob that has really great utility, but might not be as well known, Yesh Mango is here, and they say the Strider is their favorite. And the Strider, when when the Strider was added, everyone was just like, finally, we have a way to get around lava lakes in the nether. Um, Everybody wanted nether boats, uh, but Mojang was a little bit more creative than that and gave us the Strider. Unfortunately, the Strider is not very um, well known and not widely used because most of the time people don't really stay in the nether long enough to actually use a Strider. Um, but still, they remain a really cool feature in Minecraft. Energy Turtle says, Pig, it is so creative of Mojang, and I would love it if we could ride the sniffer and it could sniff out structures. Now, that would be amazing to ride the sniffer. I feel like three people could fit on the sniffer. Barbecue Chip says, Pig racing is a thrill. Their speed adds a fun twist to transportation and their playful nature makes the journey entertaining. Riding pigs brings joy and laughter to the Minecraft experience. Very well stated. James says the horse all day long. I live in a rural community in real life and they are the best mount in Minecraft with how they function. Now I would agree they are one of the best in my opinion because they are so useful and uh, have just a wide variety of different mechanics to them that are really really great. Floop says, the pig, only for the humor of it. It's hilarious how Mojang gets this creative sometimes. And I gotta agree, the pig is pretty awesome uh, and, and hilarious to ride. Doc says, the horse, I'm scared of them in real life. Hey, that's why the digital world exists. Anyways, I like them because you were in control of them and they can jump so high. Keep up the great work. Thank you so much, Doc. And yeah, the horse is probably my favorite one as well. And finally, Silas says, my favorite is the llama because it can spit at my enemies. Also, they look cool. Keep up the great work. Thank you, Silas. And yeah, the llama is a very uncelebrated 
but certainly deserves the spotlight, um, Rideable Mob. Well, thank you so much, guys, for these uh, answers. And if you want your answers to be read out in an upcoming episode, if you want to take part in this Q&A segment and be featured here, uh, go to Spotify, this episode of the podcast on Spotify. Interact with the Q&A post there, and I'll do my best to read out as many of those answers as I can in a future episode. All right, and before we get into the main discussion of this episode, I want to talk about a couple of things, kind of usual stuff. First of all, the Discord is open and ready for you to join. The link is in the description of this episode, so go click the link and join the discussion over there on Discord. There's a lot of fun conversations. We've been talking about snow days. We've been talking about um, the one block challenge ideas, ideas for Minecraft in general. There's a good number of people there ready and waiting to have more conversations, so please jump over to the discord and join in the fun also speaking of the one block challenge you have until the end of today to give me your idea for the one block challenge the theme is respawning if you need a refresher on the details of the challenge go to the description of this episode again and you can see those details and instructions there and uh, also, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and click on the link to my YouTube channel and make sure you're subscribed. If the link is, for some reason, not working for you, first of all, let me apologize for that. And second, just jump over to YouTube and do a quick search for Rebel JC. We're very, very close to 500 subs, and I would love to hit that before the end of this month. So please, if you're not subscribed, please consider go ahead and subscribe. All right, with that out of the way, let's get into the main discussion of this episode. And guys, it's Wednesday. We are going to begin a new little mini-series on this podcast where I talk about a, uh idea for a future update. Um, a lengthy one, because obviously that's something that I talk about a lot, uh, but this is not just a one-off. This is going to be a series of Wednesday episodes where I talk about a particular idea, and that idea this time is a food update, um, something that the community has wanted for a long time and something that I think is desperately needed because currently the current food system uh, just does not make any sense at all. So over the next few weeks uh, or more next handful of weeks, I'm going to be going over my ideas for how to implement a food system. But for this first episode, uh, before we get into those new features and uh, uh, ways that I would redesign the food system, let's go into why I think the food system needs to change. Uh, the food system, it's a simple mechanic. All food does in the game is restore hunger and saturation points. Hunger points, obviously, those are visible as the hunger bar in your lower right-hand section of the screen. Saturation is invisible, but it does exist, and uh, saturation is what enables you to heal after uh, eating food. Uh, but for such a simple job, there is a crazy amount of food in the game. I don't know exactly how many eatable items there are in the game, but there are a ton of them. Uh, and some of this food, some of these consumables are easy to get, and some are more difficult. Some food restores more points uh, of hunger and saturation than others, which means that some are better than others. And once the player gets a good source of beef or some other decent uh, tier food, there's no use for the other food sources and no incentive to get the better foods 
such as golden carrots or uh, even golden apples. Uh, once you have a good source of a decent food source, um, there's no reason why you would go after something better. Is it really worth the effort? I mean, that's up to the individual player, but it seems like once you get to one of those decent food sources, that that's a good enough place to stay put. Um, but the end result of all of this is that the food system is trying to solve a very simple problem, which is hunger, uh, with too many options that have no logical progression from worst to best food. So you start off in the game uh, with some pretty decent food sources on your hand instead of starting at the very bottom of the ladder. Um, and some of the worst food sources in Minecraft are also pretty hard to get. Um, such as rabbit stew. Like rabbit stew isn't a great food source and it's quite difficult compared to um, getting just beef. Beef is a great food resource that requires minimal effort to get, um, but it's, you know, it's not that great of a food source, but it is better than some food sources out there uh, that are a little bit more difficult to get. So it just seems like the whole system is out of whack. But ideally, I think that's what a good food system would eventually give us as players. It would be a logical progression from basic, inefficient food to advanced, complex, and powerful food that still involves the basic foods so that no food is getting left behind and becoming irrelevant in the game that you still engage with early game mechanics even when you are in the late game. I think that's a good thing to look for in any sort of update when we're talking about ores, where we're talking about gear, where we're talking about anything that you would update in the game. Are you leaving behind early game mechanics completely or are you taking them with you and building on them? I think that 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 is something that Minecraft really needs to do and has done well with certain things and has not done well with other things. So that's what I would like to see with food. Now to do this for the next handful of Wednesday episodes, like I said, we'll be tearing down the food system all the way down to the foundations, all the way down to the studs and rebuilding it completely. This requires basically forgetting everything we know about the food system. Um, and I'll be getting to this uh, in future episodes, but forgetting everything that we think we know about the food system. Um, it, the whole thing is just completely out of whack, in my opinion, and just needs to be rebuilt completely. So uh, we're going to leave behind even particular foods that we might consider iconic to the game, unfortunately, or maybe changing them in some way to fit a more logical system that seems to work better. So I hope you guys are excited and uh, hope you guys come along for the ride and uh, give me your ideas for how you would update this food system and critique my ideas as I come up with them. So I hope you guys are looking forward to me exploring a food update. But before we close out this episode, I do want to bring your attention to something uh, potentially quite interesting. Uh, Minecraft.net uh, just posted a new snapshot uh, for this year. This is th hopefully the beginning of a series of snapshots that we're going to start seeing in the next few weeks. Uh, this is Minecraft Snapshot 24W. 3A. I'm not going to go over the entire thing. I'm actually going to save uh, some of this for Monday's episode, but I do want to point out a few interesting things that uh, is coming to Minecraft in these snapshots. One, 
uh, probably the most significant one is the ability to um, to change your spawn chunk radius. Um, the spawn chunks, as you know, in Java Edition at least, are always active in a world, even if you're not there. Those chunks are always loaded. And that has, has been a beloved mechanic of Java. A lot of people really like that because you can put farms there and they're always running. However, uh, for smaller servers and for people playing on uh, worlds that are quite large, a large uh, area of spawn chunks always being loaded can really mess up your game. Uh, so they are giving you an ability to use a command to um, change the chunk radius to your liking. And they're changing the default settings so that the spawn chunk radius that uh, happens by default is a 48 by 48 block area which they say is 98% smaller than the previous area and will result in a notable, noticeable performance improvement for most players. So that's pretty exciting to see that they are adding uh, this. Um, and now I don't know the implications of this. I've already seen one person uh, on on Twitter, which this just one person. So this is nothing to really pay attention to. But I did see one person bring up a concern that this might be game breaking for a few um, for a few things for some players, but we will see what the implications are. I personally think that it's okay. Um, we do have a few new things for the armadillo. The first one is that the armadillos will spawn in the Badlands um, as well as the Savannah, which is really great because the Badlands needed a little bit more life in them as well. And that's, this is something that's really great, is that the spiders and cave spiders will run away from armadillos when they are not in a rolled up state. So here is a little uh, bit more finer control over your cave spider and spider spawner farms with armadillos. It would be really cool to see what people do with this feature. They've adjusted the texture of the wolf collar layer to be more consistent with the new wolf armor, uh, which is just going to be a visual change. And for experimental features, they um, have two new things here. For the breeze, the breeze will now deflect all projectiles in the direction of the shooter, so you won't be able to shoot the breeze with bows and arrows. Uh, very interesting there. And for the trade rebalance experiment, villagers who buy armor now ignore durability and can buy damaged armor. So there's a buff there to village trades for your um, worn out, for the all the armor that you're getting, honestly, from loot chests that you don't want to keep. You could potentially trade that to a villager uh, and get some return there. So very interesting things in this uh, snapshot post. I'm going to go into more discussion about this in Monday's episode, but I thought since it already came out, it bore some discussion. Well, that'll bring us to the end of this episode, guys. I know this was a shorter one than usual, but um, I'm not feeling great. I think the cold is getting to me, so I uh, didn't want to sit here and record a 30-minute episode this time, uh, but hopefully I will be back um, tomorrow and feeling better uh, and able to record you a pretty decent one. Uh, send me your questions, your comments, and ideas to digstraightdowncast at gmail.com. And don't forget that you can join the Discord. The link is in the show notes of this episode. Please drop by and see us there. We would love to have you. The music featured on this podcast was created by Miles Roxalot, and I've been your host, Rebel JC. Until next episode, guys, keep digging straight down. I'll see you at Bedrock. Bedrock.